0: Welcome back to Once More With Commentary. I'm, i I almost just said I'm Allie. That's not true.
1: I'm Ginny. What? Oh, this is and off to a good start. I'm also Ginny.
0: <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It matters a little bit. It's Ginny you know what? and Allie. I just, it's fine. <laughs> what happened right there is that I was thinking about what you always say in the beginning, Like I was basically, I was like trying, I was hearing it in my head like, oh yeah, I know what it sounds like when Allie does the intro. And so then I just said your name because when you introduce it, you say your name first.
1: That is what it sounds like when I do the (laughs) intro.
0: I know who I am. I'm not Allie. I'm Ginny. Uh, This week we're talking about, you know, more season two episodes. We watched Phases and Bewitched, Bothered and Bewildered, a name I just had to read because I wouldn't remember. It's very long. Yeah. It is long. Um, but yeah, so I mean, before we get into that, I think we have to spend some time talking about like the elephant in the room, which is that obviously this stuff happened a week ago for anybody who's listening because our, the way our airing schedule is, is we're a week behind real time. But, um, there was like a whole bunch of terrible news that came out about Joss Whedon and it's just been a weird week. Yeah, Buffy's I'm less excited than normal to like Been in the news this, this weekend,
1: not in a positive way. So. Yeah. So we want to talk about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about it because honestly, it did It, I wanted it to be, totally like it's fine. I can process that information separately, and then we can continue with this project, and/or I can continue with my like lifelong love of Buffy. You know, separately, but it really did affect my viewing this week and just in general I mean it really put a damper on my week (laughs) not like there's not always terrible shitty stuff happening that puts different dampers on my week but like it's just
1: it was really upsetting so if you're listening and you're like what are they talking about well Good for you. Which seemed,
0: um, it seems impossible for anybody not to know.
1: Yeah, but if so, they've sought out
0: this podcast, at least I
1: actually didn't know <laughs> until this past week that Joss Whedon was actually divorced. But it turns out he is, and his ex-wife. Um,
0: but came freshly out, divorced, yeah. they haven't been divorced for that long. But they've been
1: separated apparently for a few
0: years. They have been separated. Yeah, yeah.
1: So his ex-wife came out with a not flattering essay about basically the demise of their marriage and his behavior during their marriage and. It would sound like a normal profile for any high-powered male in Hollywood, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Not so much the description of a man who has, throughout his career, touted himself as a feminist and pro-women and Mm -hmm. someone who is very much, um, I would say, considers himself to be respectful of women and championing them. And um, and, and I want to just say, like, as a disclaimer, like, obviously... There are two sides to every marriage, and I am Mm -hmm. not going to take like even something written by someone in that marriage. Like, there's always like the fact that she's supposedly a private person, and yet she published this. Like, she has an agenda, and it might just be that she wants people to know, and that's fair. But like, I don't really feel Mm -hmm. like I want to be in a position to be like, yes, all of this is true, all of this happened, because like we're never gonna know, really. Like, they're the only two that really know. But that being said, what she described—that being said,
0: yeah. At least the cheating allegations—he hasn't denied them.
1: No, as far as and I know. It sounds so, like a series yeah. of affairs, emotional affairs. Sometimes, apparently, even with some of his actresses. And yeah, um, it's not the behavior. I mean, it's not the behavior in a man, of a man who like respects his wife, essentially. Yeah. Um, or women in really, general.
0: Was, I mean, some of his really follow-ups were also pretty disappointing. You know. More than disappointing, uh, maddening, maybe. <laughs> his response like was, was more like yeah.
1: there were inconsistencies and misrepresentations, but nowhere did he say like this is no. completely blatantly
0: false. And no, he he also at one point said he was surrounded by vulnerable and needy women, yes. which was like pretty pretty big turnoff. That's not a good way to describe this. At, at well, a, did at he a, say
1: that or did uh, she say that he said that? No,
0: he said that. That was his words. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you're right. I might um, be quoting her, quoting him, but I was. Uh, I mean, that's that's okay. my well, point. Is the regardless. danger of
1: quoting her, quoting him? Is there's a lot of he said, she said kind of thing. Now, regardless, though, this I was doesn't. I'm pretty sure
0: that had come from him as a reaction. Yeah,
1: it doesn't sound very good, but you know, it was really disappointing to read about and to see. And I think I sent you like a link, like, oh my god, because um, yeah, you know, not only but is i already he, seen like, it because i <laughs> So not only is he like this great creator of like all of this wonderful content like Buffy and Angel and Firefly and the Avengers Mm -hmm. movies and like all this stuff that seems in a way to be if not outrightly pro-women have very strong female characters like um, they're not always talking about like the men in their lives and like they they take action and you know these these very strong characters and the the bonus of Joss Whedon was always that he created these fictional worlds that were very pro-women, but also he himself was, like, claiming that that's who he was. But Mm -hmm. now it's just another person who sounded really great and just disappoints you like Mm -hmm. everyone else because he can't just actually be the nice guy that he (laughs) said he was. And that, that, I think, was, like, so disappointing. Yeah, And now I'm always going to look at him a little bit askance, but I'm hoping that I can continue to look at his works and this won't ruin Buffy for me I hope not I mean this is not on the level of like Woody Allen I think
0: (laughs) I mean it's so disgusting too to have to make those charts for yourself of like here's where something completely crosses the line and I can no not longer consume even things that I once loved you know I mean I, I agree with you that for me I it's not at that point but I could definitely understand why for some people it would be you know and at the same time it's like like I said like it's annoying to have to make that judgment and it is affecting how I see it, even if it's not completely affect, you know, it didn't like, the other thing is that like, I do feel like it's important to, I don't know. I guess I have a hard time, not hard time talking about this. Like I'm going to cry about it, but like hard time, like, it's just difficult to vote, you know, it's difficult to put it into words, but essentially I don't want, something that somebody else did to ruin a thing that's important to me you know this is important to me in my life separately from him he wasn't the one that I loved as much as I loved the show you know I I was a big fan and I thought he was an important person you know in terms of media and in terms of starting some of these storylines so that other giving you know making it a success so that other people could kind of follow in those footsteps but at the same time um I don't know I don't know. Yeah. It's just really disappointing. And it sucks to be like, hey, I'm spending a lot of time every week dedicated to this show and talking about it because it was important to me, and now it just has this little black cloud associated with it.
1: <sighs> well, it's kind of stained now. Like, It's not yeah. this like, pristine thing. It's like now you have to say... Oh, but like I still think he's not I a great guy. Like blah, you have blah, to blah, like add yeah. a little asterisk now, and it sucks. Exactly. And it also. I mean, I think I think yeah. something that I was thinking about was like it really shows how easy it can be for men to like speak to equality and feminism and like say that they truly believe this and like, mm-hmm. but like in their real life, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy for them to like actually respect women and actually practice what they're saying. Like it's so easy to be like, yeah, I'm a feminist. I'm a man. I'm a feminist, and like yeah. that's the easy. But like, why isn't
0: it easy to do the bare minimum, which is not cheat on your wife 16 times? Like, that seems like a high, like, that's not, things happen, obviously, again, like, kind of like what you were saying. I know that, you know, marriage is hard, and nobody really knows what's going on between things. But at a certain point, just leave. (laughs) Why are you dragging this out? It's because, you know, I don't know, it's like every politician who's like, a conservative, but then it turns out that they're having a 100 affairs with a 100 different people underage, like, Well, and the fact that it's not, like, a one-time thing, like, it's,
1: like, this happened over 16 years of marriage is, like, then why were you married for 16 years? Like, this is what's insane to me, is, like, admit to yourself that you don't want to be in a committed relationship or married, and then, like, just do, like, because, like, pretending to be, like, one thing and actually being another, like, living this dual life is, like, more disrespectful than, like, just being honest at the beginning, like... Yeah, I mean now I feel really bad even thinking this, but I'm sort of now I'm curious about who these actresses are that he had emotional oh, affairs with. Oh, I know, me with. too.
0: <laughs> I know,
1: me too. But I don't, I don't uh, really ever want to know because I don't want to ruin my view of any of these actresses
0: either. So yeah, um, I have some suspicions. Um, well, you can share those, but with me I later. guess, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not on the air. <laughs> the other thing that I, I, the other thing that does like it doesn't make me feel better, but that I think it just is interesting to keep in mind is that. Um, I mean not only are he is the show creator and he set the tone for a lot of stuff but he was not the only writer for the show and I mean I think more so than like with books or something where like yeah there's editors involved but really the author is the author like a show especially once it goes on for seven seasons there there's so much so many other people involved in it so it's like I think again like do I uh, I still like the show I still want to watch it I still want to talk about it but I think at least a little bit of that, too, is it's like, well, there were other people involved in making this. It's not like he he was not the be all end all, even if he was the most important voice for the show. Um, right. I just know that like Marty Knoxon and Jane Espenson were also big influences, as was David Greenberg, who I don't really know anything about. But um,
1: no, I agree. It's um, eh, I don't know. I think, know. again, I, the, I just, the,
0: the part. Yeah. The part that I'm at now, too, is like, OK, so, you know, and we've we've talked a lot about things that you know, all we're doing is talking about this show. So, like, of course, we've been pointing out some of the flaws and not even pointing out every flaw because we don't have infinity time. But, like, I do think that knowing those flaws... I I think that's the part that's affecting my viewing is, like, previously there were things that I was basically just looking past of, like, okay, like, we know that Xander is problematic. We know that he's not a good... He is kind of standing in for something in the show, and now it's hard not to see that as, like, oh, this is... This isn't just because it's dated that it kind of comes across this way. This maybe was part of your perspective in a way that, like, I was willing to look past now that, like, it's just going to make it harder for me. What I'm saying is that I'm about to get even harder on Xander. <laughs> also, these episodes are not did not put him, they didn't do him any favors.
1: <laughs> so actually, that's interesting that you say that, because when we get to Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewilder, I actually felt that this episode was a pro-Xander episode. It's end.
0: a pro-Xander episode. I I think they meant it that way, but it did not come off that well, way to me.
1: we can argue about that um, in a yeah. little bit. But the other Buffy-ish, Buffy-adjacent... Buffy-ish
0: is, <laughs> news. <laughs> this one um, is less old.
1: <laughs> I'll let you talk about that, because it's sort of your, your industry, so... Um,
0: yeah. Uh, well, just basically yesterday, this whole crazy story just, like, spiraled out of thin air. But essentially... Um, Uh, I mean, the short version of the story, I think, is that like a a, not a publishing company, just like a media website, decided that they wanted to publish a YA novel for whatever reason. Well, which we can talk about, but they published a book quickly. It's some sort of, you know, nobody, there's no major, there's no publishing houses involved in it. It's self-published or something akin to it. And essentially, over the last like week or whatever, they bought up enough books themselves to push it to the number one spot on the New York Times bestseller list in the YA category. Um, which was very suspicious to to everybody that got got the list because people in the industry get the list ahead of time. And so in particular, this one YA author literally was like, nobody has ever heard of this book. And it just supplanted um, The Hate You Give, which is just like a big phenomenon that everybody really loves. And it's like important and every, yeah. And it, it's been doing really well for a long time. So it was just like really weird that this thing that no one had ever heard of all of a sudden was number one. Um, And so he started doing some digging, basically on Twitter, like this all happened yesterday after like sometime afternoon, like one of my coworkers called me in her office, or I was walking by and she. and then it just like, it was happening in real time. But um, basically, he confirmed with a bunch of booksellers that like, yeah, they had placed the orders themselves, and they had placed it just under a a certain threshold so that it didn't tip off the New York Times that these were bulk orders from the publisher, because like that is a thing that they denote or take into account. Before they make their list. So the weird Buffy element to it is that the, the media website that published it is founded by uh, Claire Kramer, who is the actress that plays uh, uh, Glory in season five. So it's like it's weird too because part of this not this isn't really part of the story because like these other she's involved in it in some capacity although I'm not clear what capacity that is like is she the one who hired a company to do this for them is she the one who said yeah this is a good idea or is she not that person hard to say or at least I don't know that piece of information right now but you know because she's still friends with the other Buffy actors and actresses like other people were tweeting about the book yesterday like promoting it and so it's just this weird like all of a sudden people were talking about Buffy also in terms of this conversation and I was just like, I can't take another hit find Buffy this week, like leave it alone. At least in this one it doesn't really, it doesn't have anything to do with Buffy at all, other than Spike tweeted about it and maybe Xander did too.
1: Well, the good news is that I was kind of aware that something had happened, but until you Mm -hmm. started telling me that it had something to do with Buffy actors I hadn't even read any of the articles on it, so, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it won't be quite the hit to, uh, Buffy that um, this Joss Whedon thing was. So <laughs> No, I mean it's not
0: obviously it's like it has nothing to do with I mean, that. It was just really it is funny this because weird, my,
1: like D-list it's just, like yeah, convergence yeah, of Hollywood, like where exactly. the producer who also wants a star in because okay, so this book was meant to be like a movie, apparently. Mm-hmm. And the actor who's gonna produce it and also wants a star in it is one of the guys the from um, I forget oh, his name from okay, that's um, someone else. American Pie.
0: American Pie, yeah. And
1: then the author who wrote it is related to J.C. from Sync,
0: like, yeah, and then apparently Blues Traveler chimed in because she used to work for them, like, she used to manage them and she managed Plain White Tees and then some other band, too. It's bizarre. <laughs> it is really bizarre, but it, it, I mean, it doesn't come across well, like, it's, uh, like, I'm not even doing the story justice, mostly because it's just, like, a nutso story, but, um, yeah, they. It's to, to to top this all off. I think that, or at least the part that is also worth clarifying, it's a garbage book. It's like there is tons of clips on it online now, and it is the. It is a parody of. YA fantasy novels. It's so bad. So it's like, it's not like they hired a real author and somebody, I mean she might have emotional stakes in this, but it really feels like the whole thing was just contrived as like oh yeah, we'll write this book, we'll get it to number one, and then we'll produce the movie based on it and then like we'll all get to be in a movie, or something similar to that. Seems to have been the plan. I mean, obviously the people have denied it, and she was I've seen the author at least defend a little bit being like, just because you've never heard of something doesn't mean it doesn't exist, and they're, you know they go to, like, a lot of cons and stuff where maybe they would be able to promote it or sell it, but it's still super shady. Because at the end of the day, the amount of orders that they booked, the number that I've heard, numbers of orders that they've booked, that doesn't make sense. The number of books that they ordered was something like 18,000, which is, like, well above the what you need in order to hit number one on the New York Times bestseller. So it's like they really overshot and did a super obvious bad job at fleecing everyone, so... Like, obviously, the, the, that sort of stuff does go on. Um, and those lists are not, like, God's word. But this it's just, like, why you're so bad at this. Don't, don't try and fool everybody because you clearly don't know what you're doing.
1: So we were talking earlier about how, like, now there's this trend where they write, especially in YA, I think, where they write books mm-hmm. that are intended to mm-hmm. be movies. Like, that's kind of, like, they're, like, we'll write this and it'll get adapted. And um, mm-hmm. I think a few years ago there was, like, a thing where it was, like, that kind of was, like, trending and, like, took off where it was, like, a bunch of, like, Mm -hmm. production companies were, like, oh, we'll just have this book and then, you know, it's meant to be a movie and then they, like, never even really, like, bother with the book part. It's just, like, so that you have source material to adapt a script from or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And this kind of sounds like that or that someone came in and was, like, oh yeah, this is how you can do this and you can get a bestseller and drum up interest for your movie, blah, blah, blah. But they just did it so badly.
0: But like, I think this whole project hasn't even existed for that long. Like the at least, I mean, there are, I'm sure there's other, lots of other instances that I don't know of, but the couple of companies that I know of that kind of do like IP development for the per, for the purposes typically of making it either into a book, a TV or a movie or all three or like something kind of like what you're describing, like they are still sort of serious publishing houses like they do still like hire authors that like know how to write and stuff um like it's still a cynical maybe way to to think about it but it is a lot less like like I said like this whole one was like contrived like it didn't there's nothing meaningful behind it or at least it seems like that to me the other thing though that I wonder is like because they haven't really published books before you know and there are like I don't know if they're marketing firms or distributors or if they're just someone that you like call off of, like, you know, somebody slipped you their number on a piece of paper. But, like, there are people who know how to game the system and help you get better ratings and stuff like that. But I wonder if somebody, like, upsold them on, like, oh, yeah, this is what everybody does in the industry. It's totally fine. And them not really knowing, maybe just were like, okay, cool, then go ahead and do it. Right. That's
1: what I'm thinking. Like, because this is the first book they've ever published, like, it's not something that they came in and were like, this is how we can game the system. Like, it sounds like someone sold them on this tactic and then executed mm-hmm. it really poorly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so anyway. it's, it's, it was interesting. Um, that at least is more ridiculous than just... Dying it is. This is just other a, other that's just a ridiculous thing. story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you should read some of the excerpts though, because they're laughably bad.
1: I think I might. I
0: It'll know. motivate I you, I in think.
1: YA yeah. in general.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so um, um, so that's I guess what was happening this week, and yeah. I don't want to dwell too much on the Joss Whedon stuff because this sh- I really feel like this should be the last time that we mention it. Um,
0: I mean, I'm not committing to that one way or another. No, I
1: mean just like <laughs> so purposefully, like I.
0: Okay. Yeah. It can
1: come up again, I'm sure. Um, I'm just
0: worried that more stuff is gonna come out as they te- things so tend to be like, oh yeah. I no. have to say
1: that I did watch the. Um, the director's commentary on innocence after i had uh-huh. read that article and
0: yeah i was uh, like
1: oh wait <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: because i was that's kind of funny cuz i was thinking like i guess i'm not pro- i'm probably not going to watch his commentary anymore cuz like at least for a long time
1: well it's like it sounds i mean okay so his wife saying that he had emotional affairs with actresses doesn't necessarily mean that they were reciprocated but um It's interesting to listen to him talk about Alison Hannigan, so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I don't really want to conjecture Uh, too much on that, but.
0: (laughs) I don't think she was, I don't think, I don't think that happened, but who knows? No, I'm saying like, like I have nothing to base that on other than have we watched the show a lot, which is not Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm saying like, it doesn't have to be reciprocated, but like, it's it's interesting. Um, But that's all I really want to say about that now. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Um, So let's get into the work. The, yeah let's do that the stuff we love the important stuff mm. um
0: i mean i was in a grouchy mood when i typed in my notes so i apologize if i'm <laughs> excessively negative this week like you know well, we'll get past now it. i'm
1: ready to throw <laughs> oh, down a okay. receiver, um, we'll so we'll see what happens yeah
0: at least we got a good Oz episode, because it, Oz is still perfect to me, and no one can take him away.
1: <laughs> Oz is the best. I think my notes are, yeah. like, a love letter to Oz. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially in uh, this next episode, because it's basically an Oz-centric episode. Centric, yeah. Um, do you want to do a recap, or do you want, um, Yeah, I guess? Yeah.
0: So, basically, this episode 13 we watched is called Phases, because, like, moons are in phases and stuff. Um... So, it kind of starts off establishing... he's going, going establishing through phases. He's like, going through phases.
1: Transformative
0: yeah. phases. <laughs> so clever. Uh, so clever. Um, so, it, the show open Or this episode up, opens up establishing that Willow and Oz have continued to see each other since the last episode. Um, they've been going on dates, but Willow is complaining to Buffy about how they haven't kissed. And, like, she thinks things aren't progressing. And, like, you know, has, does a pretty typical, like, is something wrong with me? Or what's wrong with him? Or why... Did, blah, 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 blah. Um, but Willow is also still mad at Xander about dating Cordelia. Um, and (laughs) Xander is still dating Cordelia and can't focus on her because he's always worried about Buffy and Willow anyway. So one time while, uh, Xander and Cordelia are like making out in her car in the middle of the woods, they hear some rustling and then get attacked by a werewolf. Um, so this episode is all about them hunting the werewolf. Um, as they go about you know right off, right away xander is pretty pretty sure about what it is and giles is excited to research werewolves so um, he and buffy start going out hunting for it they find out that unlike kind of the traditional folktale werewolves actually transform the night before and the night after the full moon or is it the two nights before the full moon and then the full moon either way it's, it's a total of three before nights before and the night after yeah, so for a total of three nights, they have to deal with this werewolf problem. Um, while they're hunting the werewolf, um, Giles makes the point that, well, we can't kill this monster because the rest of the month, it's a human. Um, so they go out with that kind of in their minds, except that they run they into a They kind of abandon lily... that
1: stance kind of fast, though.
0: Uh, no, they don't.
1: They tranquilize Well, I mean, him. like, not, like, they talk about it, like, it, anyway. Well, well they never
0: that, go out but... there with silver, silver bullets. True, Yes. Unlike the hunter, the werewolf hunter that they've run into. So as they turn run into the super creepy, I did not. Uh, <laughs> I was not in the mood to see that guy on screen yesterday. He's super creepy. makes a lot of creepy insinuations and he's just a jerk. Um, but anyway, so the, the show kind of, um, you know, I'm doing a bad job of doing a summary of this, but suffice it to say, it turns out the werewolf is Oz and he got bit by his little nephew and that was how he turned into a werewolf. Um, but kind of in the background, we also get uh, reintroduced to this character named Larry, who I, I, I'm certain that we've seen already in the show. Um, and he's kind of- He the was school, in the Halloween like, episode. That's right. He's um, He was the one who was bullying Xander. But um, yeah. yeah, so he's like kind of the resident bully and Jock and he's always making lewd comments and all the girls. So at first you're supposed to think that he's the werewolf, but it turns out that he's not. Um, and Xander, in fact, just gets a confession out of him that he's gay, which is ugh. also I mean, terrible. Larry, I... Not a great scene for for Xander. Um, we could talk <laughs> anyway, about that so, scene too
1: because that's yeah.
0: But suffice it to say, by the end, they all find out that it's um, Oz, who, of course, is like tormented over realizing that he might be hurting people in the middle of the night and all these things. And um, they kind of, you know, they obviously don't kill him. He's still a main character, and Willow still wants to date him. Um, One other important thing that I left out is that very much more in the background going on throughout this is that Angel is still lurking around, starting to kind of set send messages, creepy, hurtful messages to Buffy. And one of the things that he does is attack a girl that she goes to school with and turn her into a vampire who then later, you know, gives Buffy a message that like Angel says hello before she gets staked. But he's still there tormenting everyone.
1: Yes, he still exists in the background, and we're meant to remember that he's still there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I mean, like we said, I, I do like this episode because I like Oz a lot. Uh, and it's nice that he gets to be supernatural like everybody else.
1: <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing is shows like this, the more they go on, the more of your characters either turn into something superna- supernatural or, like, more of your cast tends to branch out. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other shows that have done that. I think I talked a little bit about this earlier, yeah, where you have um, mentioned the it before. Vampire Diaries. To me, seemed especially at fault for this, where like by the end, I think they had like one character that was a human, mm-hmm. um, and this show does it to a degree as well. But I think um, you know Willow being a witch is more. She's still she's still human. She just like
0: is ha- a nerd who found witchcraft right. and sort of science, and
1: um, <laughs> you know. Uh, you have vampires that come and go in the cast, but Oz is really the only one that comes in as, like, another creature other mm-hmm. than, like, well, Anya and demons. But um, I don't think they do it as egregiously as other shows. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, the, you know, before we get too far along, the other great scene at the very beginning of this episode is Al is looking at the cheerleader trophy that has yes! uh, Amy's mom in it. <laughs> that's Speaking also great foreshadowing because the next episode is about, you know, Amy's one of the central characters, but that is, oh, it I didn't is really think funny. think about
1: that? Maybe that's there uh, to kind I of
0: remind you. literally only thought about that just now, <laughs> but you're probably right. And it's just funny. Um, at well, first, I, love that I was he's like, like Why "It's like Willow... the eyes
1: follow you wherever yeah. you go."
0: And it's like, "Yeah, they do." <laughs> they do. She's in there. And at first, I was like, "Why doesn't Willow say something to him?" But then I was like, "Oh, they never. They don't know what happened to her." No. You know, her spell backfired on her, and who? How could they have known that that was what was going to happen? So it is kind of funny that Willow's just like, "Yeah, sure, whatever, Oz." But like,
1: yeah, because in the next episode, um, they kind of remind you that Amy's mother was a witch, but they mm-hmm. don't really mention like what happened to her.
0: Yeah. Um, well, yeah,
1: because we could talk about in the next one, but there was that scene where Willow's like, her mother was a witch, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we we know that was the third episode of the show. But then I realized it was probably for new viewers who didn't watch season one. I mean, people
0: who didn't watch season one. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Because it really annoyed me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't really know where to start with this. I didn't have a lot of like coherent thoughts about it. Just a lot of little ones. Um,
1: well, I think. Oh, the big thing is, like, Buffy's still kind of reeling from what happened with Angel, but we kind of get a breather from that. Like, this is sort of Mm -hmm. an episode more more Monster of the Week, but more, like, discovering um, what's up with Oz. I do love that it's more Oz centric and that he's getting more incorporated into the group. Um, Mm -hmm. And so at the beginning, like, Willow's fretting that, like, things aren't really progressing with Oz, and. you know, we get kind of a nice note from Buffy of, like, like Willow feels bad for talking about, like, her romantic troubles when, obviously, right. Buffy has, like, major romantic troubles. and, um, Right. But it is kind of nice to see, like, the focus on Willow getting um, to have a boyfriend and um, yeah. her, like, frustration with Oz. Um, and mm-hmm. um, basically, like, Oz continues to be fantastic and yeah. swoon, swoon-worthy.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> we also get a little bit
1: of... Um, You know, Xander and Cordelia are still together in the background as well, and, Mm -hmm. like, they're um, the ones who first see the werewolf in the beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we learn that werewolves apparently are attracted to, like, pheromones and hormones. Right. Um, So there is that great scene where Buffy and Giles go hunting for the werewolf in Lover's Lane, and Mm -hmm. um, Giles is like, well, I wonder if any of these people have seen anything Buffy's like, <laughs> Buffy, no one's seen anything. No.
0: <laughs> and,
1: and and then, like, Buffy, instead of reporting on, like, the situation, is like, you would not believe who I saw making
0: out with yeah. so-and-so. <laughs> we
1: get this great, like, gossipy moment. Um,
0: that is funny. But did you, remember, also, did you know of a place like that in high school? I feel like that's a very no. retro notion because, like, why wouldn't you just make yeah. out in your own car wherever? <laughs> you know, yeah, you I, don't need to all go to a
1: designated spot. <laughs> I don't know that that's really a thing. Also, that's kind of such an odd idea of like let's all go park in public around each other
0: and make out like that's just weird. Well, I think it was less in public, right? Cuz it these places off the beaten path.
1: But like there's a line of cars in a row. It's like going to the drive-in. Like
0: But I think yeah, maybe it's sort of the sort, you know, it's a sort of understanding that like yeah, anybody could tell that you were there, but then you'd be able to say that they were there. So. hmm Yeah. I ought mean, to ask people um, who are a little bit older than us if that was a thing. Yeah. But Obviously, if this is a thing going on in high school. I wouldn't have known about it anyway, so I don't even know why I brought it up. I just yeah, like the retro mean, notion there, of like, there was, a I feel like yeah.
1: People went to like parties to make out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not at those parties, but. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, We were Willow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wondering why our boyfriends wouldn't kiss us Um, or how to get a boyfriend.
1: (laughs) So this episode is interesting in that, you know, much like in the third episode where they're introducing witches, like up until now we've gotten a bunch of demons, but we haven't Mm -hmm. really gotten like another of like the big like genres of like Uh, like, supernatural. And and
0: Giles would put it as one of the classics. One of the classics. Yes. (laughs) I loved his excitement over getting to go investigate werewolves.
1: Um, But we do. We get to see something classic show up and I will say not great like the costume they have the the werewolf costume looks like some weird rabbit dog thing it's oh
0: my god I was gonna bring it, that up and they never get better either you no, know werewolves are gonna never. be in the show now and they do change the werewolf costumes but every time it just is worse in a different way Ugh. well because I guess okay. the idea was they wanted it to it. be
1: like half man half wolf so like yeah. he can stand on two legs but like it's it's really I'm gonna odd. send
0: you a picture later of we actually had a werewolf costume that looked literally the same <laughs> when I was a kid, and there's a great picture of my dad and my godfather. My dad is dressed like a Dracula, my da- and my godfather's dressed in the werewolf costume. I'm gonna send it to you. It's gonna be really funny. You should. Put it, it literally on our looks Instagram. like it. Yeah, it literally looks like this. <laughs> we had it for a long um, time too.
1: But we we do get like this intro to it, and also it's interesting in that you know we, our first intro to witches was not necessarily that witches are evil, but that this particular Mm -hmm. witch was evil. But we we get that, you know, vampires and werewolves are different in that werewolves are not demons. They're not evil. Mm -hmm. They're just someone who's unfortunate enough to turn into an animal three days out of the month.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. It's a lot more like a curse or a disease
1: right that, which is you know, why it doesn't change end, who like, they are
0: as a person it just it's nice that them. like will yeah. is so
1: accepting at the end and she's like well three months out of the three days out of the month i'm not so pleasant to be around either and mm-hmm. like it's just like cute like her trying to cheer i up really like about it
0: yeah um i mean he really too is like of course she doesn't want to date me which is like a nice moment of uh, for him you know of like self-doubt he does come across as so cool but like even this will shake him <laughs> a little yeah. bit
1: But I I think it's interesting in that they're kind of also... This is an episode where they're taking this idea of a werewolf, and they're sort of not subtle about the themes. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. at the very beginning, you get reference to, like, Oz not being an animal. Like... Mm -hmm. uh, and And also, like, there's a lot of focus on, like, aggressive male behavior. Like, you you know, the um, the werewolf hunter is, like, really misogynistic. Like, a lot of the Mm -hmm. stuff he's saying to Buffy and Giles is, like, horrifying. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, you get... Larry being a bully to like, and a, like really aggressive with like the women, like knocking books mm-hmm. out of their hands so that they have to bend over and like also grabbing their th- butts. He, yeah. He
0: assaults Buffy in that self-defense class.
1: Yeah. Although he, <sighs> he gets punished for that, but um, that's true. And like kind of threatening Angel, you know. and like all that stuff and yeah, and angel's mm-hmm. behavior and all of that. And so it's interesting that then the actual werewolf is this like super chill, non alpha, like, you know misogynistic guy who's just mm-hmm. like a really nice guy who just happened to get bit by his little nephew and yeah apparently also a werewolf can bite you when not in werewolf as form. a human yeah. yeah I'm guessing they just have to break the skin so um,
0: yeah but also, also how love irresponsible that are Jordy's where- parents? Well, that's oh, the thing. Made so me so mad at them. Like, excuse me, your son is a werewolf, and he bit someone, and you weren't like, and you didn't mm, bother to anything, tell him. Yeah. If anything weird happens, let us know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, crazy. is there a tiny little werewolf running around? Like, this is what's kind of weird. Like, yeah. like I love his phone call where he's his whole family sounds just as like deadpan and chill as he is. Where mm-hmm. he's like, so like, is Jordy a werewolf? And He's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So like, how long has that been going on? <laughs> like, yeah. You know. um kind of interesting that yeah like that that's that was funny i think but it didn't really make a lot of sense um
0: yeah so no the other thing that was funny but didn't make sense is that the so one night that happens and then they spend all the next day you know trying to figure out how they're going to hunt or find the werewolf and they realize that it's going to happen you know again um but oz, when when it's revealed that oz is the werewolf like he wakes up in the forest and you know we watch him like Computer graphically transform back into Oz, and his reaction is like "huh," as though he's surprised to find out that he's the werewolf. But at that point, it's the second night, so yeah. either there's two Why werewolves you know, or, like or he has been like, doing he wake this every up morning. The day
1: before?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe he that couldn't remember it or something, but it, it it was a little bit weird. I was like, I mean, that is a good gag, but it doesn't make any sense.
1: Maybe the first time you turn, you kind of are still somewhat. Coherent the first time. Yeah. So like maybe he like crawled back home or something. I don't yeah. know. That that made no sense to me. Like that was purely for the viewer, but also it was like, yeah, Oz, didn't you have a weird night the night before too?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why didn't you say anything? Yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't say anything because he didn't want them to kill him. So fair enough. But yeah.
1: Um I um, do love though they're like trying to figure out who it is on the last night, and then Willow just comes running in and she's like, It's Oz, it's Oz. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that is good. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think was the deal with Angel and and the werewolf Oz when they ran into each other? Were they just sizing each other up? Do you think he knew it was Oz? He I don't didn't think really he knew know it was Oz. Oz I well. think he yeah
1: knew it was a werewolf, but I think it was like one of those things where like like Angel throws down Teresa's body and. Oz kind of smells the blood and comes to find it and I think Angel's mm-hmm. like protecting his kill. Like he's yeah. it's very animalistic, so they're just like facing but off then Angel, as but then animals. you see Angel yeah. kind of back off and then Yeah um and then you and then there's this whole thing where they think that Oz or the werewolf killed Teresa, but they
0: mm-hmm. there's
1: never anything of like, did he take the body and do something with it? But then she wasn't mangled, like she was just um mm-hmm.
0: just had the so, bite marks.
1: The fact that Angel backed off and then the body was found, like, that was weird to me. Um, yeah. I feel like Well, this, he wanted somebody some, to find the body. He did, but, like, leaving it with a werewolf wouldn't really be the way to do it. Like, you can't guarantee that the yeah. werewolf's not going to, like, mutilate the body.
0: Right. Maybe he was confident that he had intimidated uh, the werewolf into running away. Or maybe I don't werewolves know. don't I, want yeah. dead bodies. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, seems like they would. So hmm. the
1: one thing I really want to talk about is the scene with Xander and Larry where Ugh, Xander yeah. claims he has a special affinity with the werewolf because he was once a hyena. Right. Um, which was because that he in fact remembers supposed to that remember anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Buffy was like, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> but it was really kind of like, it's a nice scene where he kind of helps Larry kind of come yeah. to this understanding of himself and all of that. But at the same time, it's also a little bit problematic where like Xander's like, oh I mean, wait, it's like no I'm not yeah. gay
0: like it's like full the, of gay panic jokes yeah yeah and Sandra is gay just panic. a twit about it yeah like it is it is I do feel like Larry's side is so well written and thoughtful where he like really has been struggling with this thing it's like you know meant to be the reason that he's been being so aggressive with all the women like not sure that totally forgives him for all of it but like I do understand you know where he's coming from and like yeah I think that his moment of like accepting himself is like is is well acted and it is like nice, but then to yeah just have Xander just totally lose it is like uh, really, yeah it kind of I mean, he's like jittery a the whole time. The like anytime
1: it. anyone mentions Larry, he's like wait what 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 and it's yeah. like oh my god Xander like well Larry thinks he's gay now and maybe that's why he's worried, but like also the gay panic is like just not a good look.
0: Yeah, I mean also at the end of the day he doesn't even get through. Like he he tells Buffy oh it couldn't possibly have been him, but like Xander people could be gay and a werewolf, you know. Like that didn't preclude him from being a werewolf. You needed to finish your line of questioning, but you were so insecure that you couldn't do it. He did get bit by a dog and admit that in front of everybody. He was totally I mean, still a in the running. Really good
1: point. <laughs> like, uh, he never really followed up with the actual important. Yeah, part. I said that. Um, and that Xander's uh, fragile really masculinity
0: got in the way of his investigation.
1: Yeah, so why do you think Oz didn't tell them once he figured it out? Like, I thought I think, it was because, like, he was going to, and then when he walked in the library, he heard Buffy, like, yeah. say something about how it's evil
0: or something. I I think he was too scared, because I think, and I, I think realistically, right, like, he hasn't known the group that long, and he knows, the only thing he knows is that Buffy is the Slayer, and that now he's a monster. Like, I think that that's fair to be like, oh, shit, maybe... But it's, it's interesting because,
1: like, I feel like when they're... Like, Oz is there with the group when they figure out it's a werewolf. And Giles is very adamant that this is not, like, an evil person. It's just someone mm-hmm. who's bit and is a werewolf. And then and then they immediately jump to, like, after she fights the werewolf and it gets away. Like, Buffy's talking about it like it's an evil creature. Like, she's like, just mm-hmm. wait till I get my hands on this thing. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like, they're talking about it like an evil creature and in front of Oz. And I think that's why he didn't tell them. But it's a complete 180 in, like, 12 hours from when they first discover werewolves exist to like and giles adamantly claiming that it's a real person to then being like that evil creature kind
0: of thing it's weird Hmm. um i didn't pick up on that but i think yeah i think the other i i don't know i do understand i can i mean that must like they don't really focus on this especially i think because it's oz and he's so taciturn right like he's not gonna sit there and um Ex- give us exposition about how he's feeling. Like he's just not going to do that. But I do feel like it's totally reasonable to be like, Oh shit, I'm trying to impress this girl. I'm trying to impress her friends. Not only am I a demon, but her best friend is a demon hunter. Uh,
1: right.
0: <laughs> and just panicking about it. And like, yeah, I mean, his solution is, I think what people, what it's like, what I would do, which is like, I'm going to run home and se- sequester myself and make sure I can't do anything bad ever. But like, of course he's not thinking it. He, he's not thinking it through clearly, but, um, Anyway, I mean, he did, he does, it is, it's super weird, but it's also really admirable that, like, by the next night, he's magically ordered some shackles.
1: I know, I was like, where did he get the chains?
0: (laughs) So he must have ordered them, but, like, I don't think online ordering, like, there was no Amazon Prime. No, he went to, like, a store
1: and bought those.
0: He had them in a box, like, he was unpacking them, but okay. I guess that maybe is how you sell shackles. I don't actually know that. Yeah. um, okay, but, but yeah, Oz- I mean, I, I appreciate the effort that he's going through to try to not harm anybody, and he's so embarrassed and so, you know, scared. Oh, poor yeah. Oz. Yeah, <laughs> and Willow has
1: the worst timing trying to come yeah, and let him know. Course. But, um, no, I think it's interesting how we never really do get Oz, like, sort of, talking about how he feels being a werewolf until Mm -hmm. we get some interesting stuff in a couple seasons where it's almost like he's, I don't know if they mean it that way, but it's a nice story beat where it ends up that he's, like, repressed it to the point of, like, repressing the wolf, and, like, Mm -hmm. um, then we see him kind of have to actually face what it means down the road, but for now, he's just taciturn, like, Mm -hmm. Oz just kind of going with the flow, like, oh, cool, I'm a werewolf, like, all right, Um, you know, and... Giles explained to him, like, everything that would go on and apparently used a globe to do it and all that fun stuff. (laughs) Um, But I love, I think the most important thing is that, you know, Willow really considers it, and then she comes to the conclusion that, Mm -hmm. like, it's still Oz and it doesn't bother her. Like, so he's got this inconvenient, like, three-day-a-month kind of condition, but the rest Mm -hmm. of the time it's Oz, and um, that's that's a really nice scene with them at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to end on this nice note, but I have other things to say about Xander uh, and actually Cordelia and Willow because I did I did like that in this you know this episode starts off and Willow is also saying some pretty slut shamey things about Cordelia which is you know also not aged super well but I think is fairly realistic. Um, but by by the middle of the episode she and Cordelia are hanging out complaining about Xander together and I I did think that was very sweet. Um, and Xander just like, partially about just it, obviously yeah but partially just because like it it is sweet how I think. You know, Cordelia does have this image that she's still grasping to, but like genuinely she does, I think, like these people, you know, she doesn't want to, but she likes all of them. I'm like, of course her and Willow have a good conversation. Willow's delightful. (laughs) Who could not like her? Um but the part that really did annoy me is that like even in this episode especially leading into the next one like at some point when um Buffy and Xander are by themselves she she mentioned something clearly indicating that she's still sad about Angel of course and he just kind of like they get they hug and then Xander is like she walks away and he's like oh my life's not too complicated as I though like now that. Buffy's in the yes. running like get out of here Xander like literally this is that is ugh. That's the more offensive than, like, it's worse than Larry going around harassing women because at least everybody knew Larry was an asshole. But, like, Xander is pretending to be a good friend just so that he can maybe still get in with her while he's dating Cordelia, who is the hottest girl in school. Like, none of it is fair. And all the while, he's being really aggressive and possessive about Willow. It's like, Xander... You can't, these are like your two best friends are are girls, and you still don't get any a single thing about anything. Well, I think it was just really annoying. He's obviously not
1: handling it well. I don't, I read the moment with Buffy more as like he was legitimately trying to comfort her, and then it kind of like they had this moment, and for him, it kind of woke up like, oh, Mm -hmm. right, I do actually really have feelings for this girl. And I think it was more that, like, where he was like, he's already like. He's with Cordelia. He's stressing over her friendship or whatever with Willow and then also about Willow and Oz. So he thinks mm-hmm. that's the only two that he's really worried about. But then I think he has this legitimately nice moment with Buffy, but then he's kind of like, oh, right, I have a massive crush on her. Like, I don't think it it's- was Xander being gross and, like, pretending to comfort her. Like, I think he recognizes that Buffy's legitimately in pain, and so he was mm. trying to just, like, be there for her. But it, for him, it kind of backfired.
0: I mean, yeah. We'll just have to disagree about this. Uh, only because of everything he's ever said and done, the rest of the show, do I not give him the benefit of that doubt. I, I do. It's not to say that I don't think he also wanted to comfort her as her friend. I just feel like it was totally.
1: No, he I does think he, have can that. Crack, he does
0: have that in the back of his mind crack all the jokes time.
1: Jokes and say mean things about Angel all the time, but like I think when like I still think on a deep level he doesn't trust angel or never trusted angel, but I still don't think Mm -hmm. that he believed that angel would have done this. Like,
0: no, 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 I don't No, I I don't think he's trying to get in. No. And yeah, I have no qualms with what he is saying about angel in this instance. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think it was also because leading know, up to that, in this whole episode, he's doing things like he's yelling at Oz when they're in gym class. Like, why are you heckling Oz? He's a good guy, and your friend finally has a boyfriend. Like, yeah, because Xander's being so, a jealous
1: boy. But like, I think like the the scene with Buffy, like, I think you're giving him too much credit, like, to be that calculating. Like, oh, I'll just. I don't think it's calculating. I think that's who
0: he. That's who he is. He's a nice mean. guy, TM. You know.
1: I think he's Ugh. jealous of Willow and Oz because like he would never admit that like on some level he like considered you know dating willow but i think like oz is probably taking his willow time and also like you know he's he's he, an irrational he and willow,
0: jealous being like you know he and willow aren't even friends right now and it's because of his his actions yeah. you know will it, oz isn't taking any time away from him i mean i again talking through all of this like did this probably happen in my high school experience yeah this or something similar to it so like it is the way that teenagers act but it doesn't I think, no, ugh. I think it was right really when she was
1: like, he just wants what he can't have. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he could have Willow whenever he wanted, but now Oz is there, so he can't. So now mm-hmm. he's kind of like, hey, wait, what? And then, like, he wants Buffy because he knows he can't have her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he never really thought about Cordelia, but maybe that's how he got her was because he never wanted her.
0: I guess it just also was like, oh, at when he and Cordelia are first making out and she makes a... a she makes several comments to him about, like, oh, stop talking about Willow and stop talking about Buffy. But, like, that, again, is going to be a thing that he does with Anya, if not all of his girlfriends, is, like, worry about these other two people and make them feel like they're not important to him. Ugh.
1: Yeah, because Xander gets scenario. serious, gross emotional
0: problems. Right, right. That's true. Uh, okay. Anyway, to wrap up, the scene with Oz and Willow is very cute and touching, and I appreciate that she accepts him for who he is, and he is a great guy. And he's the only one. Maybe Giles. Yep. And now
1: we can get into talking about Xander's gross emotional problems. (laughs)
0: Uh, Okay. All right, you do Um, the summary.
1: Okay, so this one is Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, which is, I Mm -hmm. guess, the show's first Valentine's Day episode. Uh, Yeah. Um, And unfortunately for Xander, Cordelia breaks up with him on Valentine's Day because Mm -hmm. her friends are making fun of her for dating Xander. And we know Cordelia cares about being perceived as cool, so she listens to her friends and breaks up with Xander, but Xander is not having this, and he witnesses Amy from, we'll remember her from Witch, whose mother Mm -hmm. was a witch, um, practicing a little bit of magic herself um, on a teacher. So he gets Amy to cast a love spell for him on Cordelia, and it backfires and Cordelia is protected from the spell but every other female at Sunnydale high falls in love with Xander. Um, every
0: other female at Well all basically in every other female
1: in <laughs> Sunnydale falls in love yeah. with Xander and um, it at first he's a little confused and you know we get this a couple scenes where you know he also kind of has a brief moment where he real he thinks like maybe this will actually work out in his favor when Buffy falls under the spell and kind of comes on to him um but Sunny realizes that actually this is really dangerous because these g- girls are getting violent about this um Amy turns Buffy into a rat Giles mm-hmm. is pissed because like love spells are apparently extremely dangerous mm-hmm. um and in the end um Giles and Amy work together to reverse the spell and no real harm was done Buffy um turns back out of being a rat and um Cordelia is a little bit charmed by the fact that Xander did a love spell for her and, um, you know, they get (laughs) back together in the end. But um, also in the background, we have Angel surfacing Mm -hmm. again because apparently Valentine's Day is historically a day where Angel likes to torture his victims, um, Mm -hmm. show them signs of affection, I suppose, Um, Mm -hmm. like in the past, nailing puppies to doors and... Things Ugh. like that. Um, and we don't really see what his plans are other than he um, shows up at Buffy's house and attacks Xander and kind of says, like, well, this will be a great gift and basically planning to deliver Xander's dead body. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Drusilla is also under this love spell. The affected
0: women. And <laughs> I actually she... did love that. That was the one part I'll give the episode. It was my favorite scene in the entire episode. <laughs> well, it is hilarious. And so she
1: protects Xander and then chases <laughs> after him and ends up actually saving his life yeah. <laughs> from Angel. Um, so that's basically what Angel's up to in this episode. And he never really does. He sends Buffy a sort of a threatening bouquet of roses. But other than that, doesn't really do anything. I Um, mean, I thought
0: that was super threatening. I I do feel like the menace of Angel or somebody like that, right? It really is that they set, put you in a mind state so that you can never relax. And she has to constantly be on her guard. Even if he had never, he hadn't tried to attack Xander and his only threat had been the roses. You know, he intentionally delivers them when her mom is home and Mm -hmm. intentionally gets her mom outside alone just to prove that he can. You know, that totally is such a, like, power play. It's awful. Yeah. But
1: his plans are ultimately thwarted by this love spell. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah. So that's basically it. Um, Yeah.
1: And I think, interestingly, for this episode, I mean, because there's a lot of feelings, real or not, going on, Mm -hmm. um, I think what's most interesting is we, we get more of a brief callback to, like, this love triangle or love rhombus or whatever is mm-hmm. going on with this group of people.
0: Um, mm-hmm. But it's
1: sort of called back to you only because, you know, for so long now we've had the characters, like, instead of dwelling on it, moving on from it, you know, mm-hmm. Willow's moved on to Oz and Xander's got Cordelia. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it sort of only comes up once, you know, the fallout from this love spell happens where Willow won't talk to Xander because, as Buffy tells him, like, you know, she loved him before Everyone did, mm-hmm. and it's really hard for her to have acted on this, but only under a spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the moment where you know he hits on Buffy, and obviously really, really wants to give into this, but mm-hmm. to his credit, does not. And and she, I mean, they have a nice moment where she tells him like. You didn't undress me. You didn't do everything I was asking you to do. And yeah, he thought about it for a second, but she's what she tells him is like, ultimately you didn't do it. And like, that's I
0: just, kind of I just, nice It's moment. such a low bar for me. I'm not impressed with him at He's all. He's 17 like, years
1: old. Like I you're, just, you're trying not, to like,
0: mm-mm. I mean, he, he did more than Spike.
1: I'm telling you. So, I mean, like, Buffy was I, begging him yeah. to undress her and, like, basically would have slept with him. But, like, was him. clearly
0: out of her mind. Was clearly yeah, not in but her it, right but mind. but Xander's
1: truly as heinous as you want to believe he is. He totally would have gone for that. No,
0: it's not that I think... I think that's, again, that's what is so frustrating about him, is that, of course, he, at the end of the day, yeah, his, his points are, like, that he hasn't technically done anything wrong. But he really does play... He thinks that he's the aggrieved one all the time. And he thinks that these things are, like wow, look at how great I am because I didn't assault my friend who was not... like it, she okay, was Okay, but I don't think drunk, he's like, walking
1: around bragging about that. Like, Buffy's the one who no, has to bring that up I, and remind him that he did, like, a good thing. Like, he also, like, he's fully aware that he did a really terrible thing by bringing out this, like... Um, mm-hmm. this love spell and like I mean it's I extremely guess I just don't... problematic in that like yeah. Cordelia's broken up with him and then he decides that instead of going with what she wants he's going yeah. to take away her autonomy and make her yeah. love him regardless <laughs> I'm not saying that's good I'm saying he has kind of a redeeming moment
0: I just don't I, I didn't I know that that's how it's meant to be but it didn't work on me I'm not, he's not redeemed. I (laughs) I mean, and again, part of this is because like, (laughs) I think the, the, the tough thing for me is that like over the course of the, of the seasons, I don't really see him grow and change that much. So it's like, yeah, if, if we could credit this to him being 17, then I would, but like, I don't feel like this would have played any different when he's 24 later, you know, not to say like, not to say that he would be worse or make worse choices, but like, I just, I don't know. I do not. I I get it, but it didn't work for me.
1: Well, maybe. And I'm, making this connection but maybe Xander is Joss.
0: Yeah, exactly. He is. We know that. <laughs> or do you mean I'm not sure if you mean something different but like it's an it's a known fact. Or it's like a thing that Joss has said is that like Xander is his stand-in in the show. Or at least was originally conceived that way. Maybe later down the road. No, not. but
1: what I'm saying but is like, like he wants every woman that's crossing his path. And well, yeah, he's exactly. And trying to have them all or nothing yes. all at once. Yeah.
0: Yes. And again, like it was hard not to have that in the back of my mind when it's like this to, I, I get what they're trying to do. And interestingly, I'm pretty sure that Marty Noxon is the one that got writing credit on this episode. So it is a woman that ended up writing it. But like it does come across a lot like a male fantasy of like, yeah, there are a few consequences. He does get the girl in the end and, and his, and like, no, nobody really rings him over that much for what he did, which is Giles. Ch- does. Yeah, which Giles is pissed. But Cordelia doesn't, and Buffy doesn't, and Okay, because Willow. Cordelia
1: likes to be loved, so she, of course, she finds... She's, she's really mad at him for this whole thing until she realizes that it was meant for her, and then she just finds mm-hmm. it... Like, she's not thinking about, like, the gross overtones of this. Like, she's thinking mm-hmm. more of, like, he was just desperately trying to win her back, and, like, yeah. that works on Cordelia. Of course it does.
0: Yeah. All right. That I mean, I'll give you surprising. that explanation. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it did. It just, it reeked too much of like, of low bars. And again, as we learned that like Joss Whedon couldn't even apparently handle the low bar of like marital fidelity or at least getting divorced once you realize you're not into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, fine. Yeah. If you're not meant to be monogamous, then don't be in a monogamous relationship. Yeah. It just left Um, a bad taste in my mouth. I, Yeah.
1: There's a lot of interesting things that happen in this, one of which will sort of get a call back um, in a later episode. But Joyce falls under this love spell as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did also you know, find so, that comical.
0: I'll yeah. give them that. I part. mean, it, it's, it's funny. actually
1: terrifying. Like, all the women in town are chasing after Xander, mm-hmm. like, literally with weapons, because right. they're going to murder him if he doesn't love them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't possibly love them all, obviously. Um, and I do want to talk about the vampires okay because there was that great scene oh yeah
0: the where
1: heart. spike and angel are giving drusilla valentine's day gifts <laughs> and spike gives her a necklace um probably expensive probably nice but angel brings her a fresh human heart and mm-hmm. it's so clear that angel truly knows what drusilla wants like
0: mm-hmm.
1: of course she wants a fresh beating human heart um I don't know which you would prefer if someone gave you a human heart. I mean, or if a I piece were a vampire, jewelry.
0: I'd want a heart, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I do love his little line where he says, I found it in a quaint little shop girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like I, that. it's this great scene of like we're getting more insight into Angelus because um, this is Angelus among vampires where he can actually truly be himself. He's not mm-hmm. trying to like charm anyone really except Drusilla.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's. I love it. Like I'm loving yeah. Angelus right now. Like it's just so entertaining. <laughs> I did. David Boreanaz like is so
0: good. <laughs> I did also like the parallel between Spike's gift and Xander's gift. I don't. I, I couldn't find. There's no meaning to it behind it for me. But I just thought it was funny. Like, oh, you both got the same thing for your girlfriends. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. um I did then, also. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, and then also with the vampires, like later when Drusilla falls under this love spell um Mm -hmm. to me that was the funniest scene that has happened on this show in a really long time like the way she delivers that line and her voice is like shaking when she's like Mm -hmm. how do you feel about eternal life like she's giving him this like beautiful (laughs) Um, gift and it's so great
0: (laughs) and the the fact that at the end of it she can't get in the house when he runs away yes (laughs) like oh shit those rules still apply um Oh. The other scene that I actually she's just did. like, like it just
1: must be so terrifying to have her where she's just <laughs> like, "Your face is a poem; I can read it." <laughs> like mm-hmm. she's so clearly insane about this, like more than any of the. I like, just burst out laughing at that entire scene.
0: Yeah, no, I did really like it. It Also, just it was well well structured as like, it, it was very unexpected. Um, but yeah, so kind of going back a little bit though, um, a scene that I because I think in general, uh, my rule with. The actors is that like both um, Nicholas Brendan and Charisma Carpenter are good for comic relief but I typically find their drama to be lacking um, but I did actually think that uh, Charisma Carpenter did a really good job in the breakup scene in when they're in the bronze and she has to tell Xander that she can't be with him I don't know I just thought she really to me conveyed all of the complicated teenage emotions that she was going through which are you know I, I don't want to do this but I have to do this and I feel sad about it but I'm saying it anyway I don't know I just thought she did it I just I just enjoyed I enjoyed her performance. No, it was I thought very she did heart, a really good. It was job very heart wrenching, and I felt like you could tell that like she didn't actually Cordelia didn't want to do this.
1: Yeah, I thought she did a really good job there, and I thought she also did a great job in that um, scene in the last episode too, where they're in the car, mm-hmm. and she the way she just delivers the line of like, you know, because my dad still thinks I'm a good girl or something <laughs> like. I think yeah. she's been really um, on yeah. these last couple episodes.
0: Yeah. And I did enjoy her telling off of Harmony and all her little friends at the end. And and I also think that's totally fitting because there is this element of Cordelia that's totally like, yeah, she is popular and she does fit in, in all the standard ways, but like, she doesn't care what anybody thinks about her. So it was, you know, I didn't think it was unbelievable, but I did think it was weird that she was putting so much stock in what they said, because like, obviously she could tear them all down in a second. Like, what are you doing seeking Harmony's approval? Like...
1: Because I think part of it was like because she had she like they were disapproving of this, like she was losing a little bit of her power over yeah. them. And I think that was part of it. And then she realized like she just didn't care.
0: And not um, even that she didn't care. Well, that's true. I mean, they go back and forth on this a little bit in the show, but I do feel like she never really loses all of that. You know, there are moments where she's like less popular, but not ever to I don't know. Yeah, I guess she does give something up, but I just don't understand why she wouldn't just walk around she was already bullying everybody like just throw them on the bus too under the bus too um
1: yeah i mean it's it's hard to say i mean is it just because for the narrative of this they need her to care and break up with xander like is that the best reason they could think of because you know oh, really seeing, it could but I'm be saying because I, he's xander yeah. you could break up with him for that reason
0: i'm saying that i do buy it i i buy it as as things that she would do i just think that it also made sense for her to eventually realize that that their opinions don't matter to her that much I think that's a realistic arc yeah Um, I mean her
1: friends are awful like Harmony I always enjoy seeing Harmony come back but like Harmony's so mean and like so stupid like Mm -hmm. she's talking about that guy who's gonna ask her out and she's like but he just has to ask two girls first and if they both (laughs) say no then he'll ask me like and she thinks that's actually a good thing like she's so dumb
0: Mm mm-hmm Speaking of dumb, Xander repeatedly barricades doors in the wrong direction in this episode. (laughs) Uh, He never really gets good at it. (laughs) Um, I mean, I
1: don't know that you really have a choice when the door opens outward.
0: It's true. Um, I did also enjoy the Oz chasing a rat around the basement scenes. They were just kind of funny.
1: I love when he, um, when Buffy changed back from the rat and he realizes Mm -hmm. that she's naked and he just flips Mm -hmm. the flashlight up like, "Whoa!" (laughs) he's just like, oh,
0: (laughs) Um, and also, I think we would be remiss to not point out that though Buffy didn't turn into a mouse, that is also a nice like accidental foreshadowing of Amy turning people into rats and mice. Yes, we
1: get to see okay, Amy's she's going to do that again later. Into <laughs> rats, yeah, yeah, little um, rodents. Also, Buffy looked really tan, and I it was oh yeah, kind of I think it's
0: partially because her hair is also blonder now.
1: Maybe, but like in this episode, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She just kind of looked extremely like she spent some time in the tanning bed or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Probably.
1: Yeah. Um, so we also get Miss Callender coming to apologize to Giles. Like she's kind of fed up with mm-hmm. him giving her the silent treatment. And mm-hmm. you can see Giles start to be a little bit receptive to it. And then, of course, Jenny falls in love with Xander. So <laughs> <laughs> that kind of gets interrupted as well. Hmm. Um. Which maybe is why Giles is a little bit pissed, too, because Xander ruined his reconciliation. Mm -hmm.
0: You know what I did think was a little bit weird, though? And not just because I'm being negative on this as a whole. But um, I think for the most part, the way that all the women went about trying to seduce Xander made sense. But I don't really buy Buffy's weird striptease act. Like, we've never seen her be that way with Angel. You know, as like manner oh, of she seduction was weirdly like, that's, like that's really sexually weird sexually aggressive
1: I, with him yeah
0: like that's not what buffy does in a scenario when she's trying to charm a guy like we've seen her have crushes on several well, guys well, already Willow and doesn't it's never, crawl into
1: guys beds either so no you know, they but, are under a love spell
0: but see i did i do kind of i think that there is a, a way in which willows is at least a little bit consistent like that she's playing on the relationship that they've had since they were kids and that like i don't know that felt a little bit more in line like, that felt like, oh, this is Willow with lowered ambitions, But, like, Buffy's... I don't know. I guess that is what Buffy's was. But I just don't really see her doing that in any other situation. It I mean, weird.
1: I don't really see Willow doing what she did. So I think it was just supposed to be a function of the spell.
0: Hmm.
1: That's how I read it.
0: Um, yeah, I guess it made everybody more sexually aggressive.
1: I mean, it, yeah, it did. That right. was kind of the thing. Yeah. Although, hmm. which is strange because the spell was made with... Um, she was like praying to the goddess Diana, which makes no sense because she was yeah. like a huntress who didn't like men. I thought it was
0: Hecate. She said that at the end. No, Hecate was both? the one for the rat. Oh, that was what she, sa- what she and Giles said when they closed the spell, though.
1: No, hmm. that was when she was turning Buffy, I think. I don't know, because she was like... Yeah, I And think it was she also weirdly both. formal where she was like, Hecate, I hereby license thee to depart. Like, mm-hmm. what? It was like really like a formal request. <laughs> hmm. Um, but I think when she did the spell at the beginning, she was asking Diana.
0: Oh, I thought it was also Hecate at the beginning, but, okay. Either way, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but...
1: Well, yeah, I think it's just a <sighs> bunch of <like>, hocus-pocus.
0: <laughs> also, yeah. why couldn't Amy just put a spell on Xander so that he couldn't blackmail her?
1: I mean, there are always unanswered questions mm-hmm. that I have.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: How is this possible? Why not just do this? Yeah. I mean, why not turn Xander into a rat? Yeah. Maybe the love spell made her lose any moral objections she might have to doing that. Hmm. You know, like, she's blinded by a love spell, so she has no problem turning Buffy into a rat, but maybe normal Amy wouldn't do that.
0: Hmm? Right. Not yet. Anyway. Well, normal Amy, yeah. Hmm. Um, okay, you know what, I think I don't actually understand why the spell didn't work on Cordelia. It just went because awry, or it's because of her feelings I think, for Xander?
1: No, I think because um, he was trying to get Cordelia to be the object of the spell, and they used her necklace, and I think mm-hmm. Amy um, actually botched it so that it was the reverse, okay. so that everyone loved Xander, but it didn't work on Cordelia because since they used her necklace, she her was protected okay. from the spell. Got it. Yeah, okay. I think that's what it was. Like, Amy's just bad at this.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Hm. Yeah.
1: I mean, she did say, like, love spells were really tricky. Mm -hmm. And
0: Giles says the same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, Giles is full-on, like, just mad at Xander for doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love how Xander knows that's going to be the case. Like, he's just like, I'm throwing throwing myself on your mercy. Like, (laughs) help me fix this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, I mean, that's basically all I have to really say about that. Yeah, Um, me too. Next week we get more into... um, Angel-centric episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of them is sort of. We've got passion,
0: which mm-hmm. uh, is a rough one.
1: Uh, it, is. it is, and it killed by death. Killed by death. Which, I like. I like that one. Yeah, it's a nice breather before you get into the mm-hmm. other stuff. Um,
0: the tail end of it. Yeah. yeah, but I'm
1: excited because you and I are going to be in the same place. Oh, that's right. Sword. Yeah, are
0: we going to watch them together? We should. I think so. Okay, I'll wait. We'll and try watch and fa- that. I won't plan that in. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, we totally um, should do that. Okay, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah, that's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, I'll get to see you. We get to see all our friends. We're going to a wedding next weekend. Mm-hmm. I have an excessive amount of makeup on right now because I bought some new eyeshadow and I wanted to, to try it out. I'm trying to, try to come up with a, a oh like a, look. a wedding makeup look, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I don't think really it ca- know what it I'm came wearing out yet. Medium. So I think, yeah. You still don't know what you're wearing? I thought you got both of your dresses. I mean, I
1: know what I'm wearing, but I well, I suppose I could wear the same makeup for both. They look similar, but I don't yeah. know. Um, apparently, my sari is arriving in the mail tomorrow, and that mm-hmm. worries me a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jenny's was supposed to come today too.
1: Yeah,
0: oh, I think oops, they sorry. just it didn't mm-hmm. take as long for them to name ship other people it, as they here. Said. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: <sighs> yeah so we're gonna go to a wedding and have fun and then we're mm-hmm. gonna record some Buffy and then we're gonna eat all the ice cream eat our New way York. around
0: New York <laughs> as we normally do
1: actually my stomach kind of hurts like looking at the list that I made I was just like this, <laughs> this, this is gonna I like already pared it down and I'm like I'm gonna have to uh, is there like an
0: ice cream edits. antidote like is it greens uh, or is it like peanut butter <laughs> like something that will steal our stomachs against all the dairy <laughs>
1: Um, mm. I think there's some Chinese food on there.
0: Okay. No, but I yeah. just mean theoretically, is there like an opposite? Oh, like, food? does there
1: exist like an ice mm-hmm. cream antidote?
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: just like, yeah, does what would Jamal's really thing? cut through the richness of that? Yeah, I don't, yeah, really I don't know.
0: know. Yeah. Hmm. Like, should we do, be doing wheatgrass shots in between? <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, clear out our systems or something? Uh, I don't know. We probably, we will not do that, but... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> or, like, yeah, ginger to settle our stomachs. I don't know. <laughs>
1: maybe, like, maybe, like, iced tea or something mm-hmm. is the secret. Or, like, a glass of wine or something.
0: That's <laughs> probably um, wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to subsist on ice cream and wine for two days. So we're we're That'll just going to be, like, be... super
1: full of yeah. dairy and then, like, slightly drunk. Ay, <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: ay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, um, it'll be great. Maybe we'll be able to talk about that at the next recording. I don't know. Or maybe... <laughs> Maybe all while of that we'll will happen after. be stuffed on ice cream sure.
0: before we record. Oh, okay. Okay, we've we got could, different plans. We'll, we'll figure that out. ice cream
1: while we record. Yeah. I felt like I wouldn't uh, talk very much if I was trying to eat ice cream.
0: Mm-hmm. That's yeah. probably true.
1: Um, but anyway, so, I mean, I don't know if you have anything left to say about these. I think I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. But I, I mean, do actually finally yeah. have some pop culture recommendations that are not screen-based. Okay.
0: I have one, too, that's not As, screen-based.
1: Yeah. And you kind of already know what mine are, but oh, I do.
0: uh, Well, I already kind of read about them to you yesterday. Oh, I'm so excited (laughs) for yours. Okay, let me go first because mine's not that interesting. Well, I mean it is, but then why
1: are you talking about it?
0: (laughs) No, 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 I don't. Yeah, sorry. You'll you'll see. It's not something I have a lot to say about. It's just like a very uh, straightforward recommendation. Um, But I have over the last like couple months but started listening to the new uh it's newish npr podcast that they do every morning called um and up first and it's just like a really quick summary of the day's news in the morning and it's the same like if you listen to their any of their like morning stuff as it's airing on the radio it's like a lot of the same stuff but like sometimes in the morning what i do when i'm getting ready for work is that i listen to the radio and sometimes i'm too depressed to do that and so i like wait but i like their episodes are they're never more than like 15 minutes. They're always less than that. And it's like the perfect, just like, okay, I know the headlines and I know the basics about anything important that took place. And then like, I don't know. I just think it's my favorite of those kinds of podcasts that I found for a while. I was trying to listen to the New York times one and I just, it only has one host and I don't think he's my favorite person. And they also just frequently seem to be pushing the big New York times stories rather than the significant news for the day. And I found that to be very irritating. So if you ever want like a quick catch up or you don't have time to read stuff during the day or whatever, it's like, I I think NPR at first, I really like it. It's very straightforward. Maybe that's what I should listen
1: to on the way to work.
0: Yeah. And then, and and it's like, you know, NPR is pretty good about being neutral. Like they, so I don't know. They never, they never linger too long on anything and they never like excessively side one way or another, but they're, I don't know. Yeah. It's straightforward, it's short, you can listen to it on like part of your walk to work or to the train or to whatever. No, that sounds really
1: good because I usually usually read the New York Times like morning briefing kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, or like the what you need to know kind of thing, Mm -hmm. Um, but this sounds a little less time consuming, like I can just listen to it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, But speaking of reading, Mm -hmm. um, I have, well, probably just one book that I'm going to talk about um, okay. and you've been telling me to read it for a couple of years now. Yay. Um, you were a little apprehensive that I might be scarred by it because <laughs> it's, it's a book about identical twins and I am an identical twin. Yeah. Um, our relationship though is not nearly as codependent as the twins in this book. So I think it wasn't quite as awful to read. Um, mm-hmm. but the book in question is called Fangirl by Rainbow Roll and, um, it's wonderful. It's about a set of twins who used to be really into fan fiction of this Harry Potter-esque book series. Mm-hmm. And one of the twins is still very into it and like writes fan fiction all the time and it's about them going off to their senior year or freshman year of college and the main character, Kath, who is the twin who's still doing the fan fiction. She's also really shy and kind of socially anxious and so she has a really tough kind of time adjusting um, and, but it's more about like her relationship to like these fictional characters and how she enjoys writing about them and mm-hmm. also kind of about like coming out of your shell and opening yourself up to new experiences and accepting mm-hmm. that like, that's not the end of the world and kind of like first forays into life without her sister, like always being there because her sister has also taken it upon herself to like actively distance herself from her sister. So mm-hmm. like, um, she's kind of almost cruelly doing it but and you never really get into her sister's motivations or anything but Mm -hmm. um it's just I think really well it's easy to read because it's YA but so it's not like overly complicated but I mean the characters are well written it's funny it's um, really romantic. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I hate it whenever I read these like YA books where it's just like, good God, these people do not exist in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I tried to say the really same thing about
0: Oz last week and you told me that you were mature and over it. So I'm happy to hear you say this.
1: That's just because I've had like over a decade to like <laughs> to sensitize myself Oz. to Oz's okay. terms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I read this book in a day, which really there was not is enough time long, in the day for yeah. that. But I I like stayed up way too late at night mm-hmm. reading this book. And in fact that's why I went to bed at like eight thirty last night because mm-hmm. I was exhausted. Um but no, I would really recommend it. It's called Fangirl and this author I also recently read another of her books called Landline mm-hmm. and I have two more of her books or two or three more of them coming to me in the mail mm-hmm. at the moment. So oh, i got obviously me. obsessed.
0: Yeah. Oh my She's god, really I'm, I mean like
1: that's they arrive tomorrow, and like that's pretty much the rest of my plan for the yeah. weekend. <laughs> so,
0: um, you know, but I, I kind of love it way... when you can like
1: lose yourself in a book that way. Yeah, and, and it it, so I rarely mean,
0: happens now. Exactly. I think honestly, thinking over it, that that is one of the last books, and I read it two two years ago, and it is one of the last books that I've read where I like it really did consume me, and that was good. I really needed it because at the time it was like having a it was a bad month, and I was like really needed something to. Th- To distract myself with and so it was like the perfect like I really did get totally sucked into the world and her writing it is really like it's totally that sort of like it is yeah YA is like easy to read but it also really has this like suck you in factor that you know, but there's, liter- there's that adult literature rarely there's like has great way
1: yeah. where like you read it. And then like, for example, like this, I read in a day, but then like yesterday, all day at work, all I was thinking about was this book. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're still thinking about the characters. Like I want a sequel. Like I mm-hmm. so much more, like I just, and I, the reason I bought it was because I bought this other book of hers and, um, but you were buying Landline? still in my, yeah. And oh, then, um, okay. And then this other one was still in my shopping cart, and I realized it was the same author, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh. That's really funny. And then this one was like $8, so I was like, I can finally buy it. And Wait, why um, did you
0: buy it? Well, who, What what prompted you to get Landline?
1: So I actually picked Landline for Book Club this month. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so Landline had also been on my list to read, but I had didn't realize it was the same author until mm-hmm. I put Landline in my shopping cart, and it was like frequently purchased with, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, she wrote Fangirl too. I was like, well, then I'll just... Go ahead and buy mm-hmm. that, and I'll finally read this book, and I can finally tell Jenny that I read it. <laughs> um, and I think I actually liked Fangirl more. Um, oh, I, like I it really a lot liked it I really liked Landline.
0: Yeah. I like um, Landline, but it's not. So, yeah, Rainbow Rowell is famous as a YA. I mean, I'm pretty sure she was famous as, mo- most famous as a YA author, but she does write other things that are, that are like billed as adult. So, Landline and Attachments are her two adult novels, and then. Fangirl and Eleanor and Park are her, like, big YA novels. And she has a third one called Carry On, which is the fan fiction from Fangirl, which is I also ordered that. I'm so excited to that read one, it. You know, I had it for two years and then never read it, and so I think I got rid of it when I moved. But now that we're talking about it, I'm like, well, I, I should read it. But you know what? I anyway. will
1: bring it for you when I
0: come visit. Yeah.
1: Somebody convinced me. Because I'm sure so I will have read it by then.
0: <laughs> somebody else that I know didn't really like it that much, and since I loved the other ones so much, I was like, okay, maybe I just won't do it. But then yesterday we were talking about all this YA, like book drama then me and this other coworker were like wait a minute we both didn't read it because someone else didn't like it and then we were both like but we, should, we probably will like it so anyway um but you also really I think I think you'll feel the same way about Eleanor and Park too they're just so somehow so much better than than Line Line and Attachments which are still I really enjoy but Eleanor and Park is also like I really really like it I want to read it
1: I think the last time I got this sucked into a book was when I read I'll Give You the Sun yeah um
0: Mm-hmm. and oh, also so YA, too.
1: but, like, that's just is proving that, like, YA can be just as, like, well done, mm-hmm. I think, as adult novels.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but I love a good breezy book sometimes. Mm-hmm. Me too. So, All the, the time. Because the next one I read is, I think, <laughs> going to be about Hillary Clinton's campaign, so Oh boy!
0: it's going to be
1: neither breezy nor exciting. It's going to be just mm-hmm. deeply upsetting, I think. Um,
0: I did just get a new book that I'm actually, really excited to read. Um, but I think the reason that? that I like the, like, yeah, this kind of, this goes together. Um, but, uh, this author that I love named Michelle Schusterman wrote a new book, um, called Olive and the Backstage Ghost. And it's not what young adult, it's like middle grade. Um, so it's even a little bit younger geared than the books that you're talking about. But, um, she's just my favorite author and I, yeah. I'm so excited to read it. She likes a lot of ghosts and scary stuff, but always writes in the same... She has a very similar style to Rainbow Rowell, in my opinion, of, like, super readable, but just really engaging and really, really, like, beautiful characters that you care about. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. Some of her other stuff... I think that's yeah. what it
1: is. Like, so many of the characters are so well-drawn. I mean, not all of them. Like, they're all mm-hmm. sketched out and individual enough that you can kind of know who's playing what role, kind of. But, um, like, I did think her sister was a little underdeveloped. Like, you mm-hmm. never really get into some of her sister's motivations for um, her actions, and you can kind of guess at them, but her sister just comes across as, like, really almost one-dimensionally, like, evil, Mm -hmm. but... Not evil, but, like, you know, just kind of mean, and... um, Yeah. You know, and and then comes around in the end, and you never really get a sense as to why. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's the only criticism I would really say, but I think the main relationships between the main character and her roommate and then this um, guy that she um, gets involved with Mm or really well done. So, um, yeah,
0: it is nice. It is like, yeah, so much media these days too. And it's like, I get it. And I enjoy things that have unlikable characters, but also like, can we just have some people to root for sometimes? (laughs) Um, the other thing that I really enjoy about middle grade, middle grade, even more so, but the kind of books that you're talking about young adult ones as well is like, it does really take me back to when I fell in love with reading, which was when I was like 10, you know and like those were the kinds of books that were sucking me in and Mm -hmm. so really more than anything it like it's one of the yeah like fangirl was one of the only times that I've ever been like transported back to that time in my as a kid when like I couldn't wait to finish a book or start a book or go to the bookstore or do whatever you know and yeah it's hard it's hard to have that even even as an adult who reads or as an adult I, I don't read as much as you do but I read a decent amount and like it's, it's hard to have that same feeling. Especially when, yeah, it's like, okay, I also need to read about this Hillary Clinton campaign. So it's like, it just doesn't give you the same sense of pleasure that you had as a kid. And it's nice to well, really I, be able to I wonder, feel that again. A lot of the
1: time, I really wonder if it's because of the, the goal of the author. Like, to me, I... Like, people love to disparage YA, and I don't understand why, because I think mm-hmm. there is some really bad, trashy YA out there, but there's bad, mm-hmm. trashy, like, adult literature, Everything, too. Yeah. But, like, I think that... The, yeah, the not in that my world, people it, don't... Those,
0: like, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think the reason that it transports you in that way is because that's what the author's trying to do, is, like, exactly. build They're up more, this world and build mm-hmm. up these characters and take you into them, whereas, say you read, like... And I always bring them up as an example because it drives me (laughs) nuts. But like Jonathan Franzen, like, or, or, or similar, like, you know, you're reading Mm -hmm. so-called literature and it's like, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't suck you in, in that way because like, there's no way to immerse yourself in it when you're constantly Mm -hmm. aware that like the author is just trying to prove to you how smart they are or how well written this is or whatever. And it's like, because you're pulled out of it by some weirdly chosen, you know, $10 million word or mm-hmm. um, some weird character thing or I don't know. I just like I feel like there's yeah. never you can never really get into the flow because well, it's just like yeah. less enjoyable to actually read because you feel like the entire time it's a little bit condescending.
0: I mean, it reminds me of everything. I mean, that's kind of my philosophy. And I know I get slandered in our fr- group of friends as a snob a lot. But I think I mean, tr- truthfully, the things that I like the most are things that are like yeah like young adult middle grade comics stuff that has less pretension or at least had the chance to have less pretension for a while where people who were doing it were doing it because they really loved it and wanted to tell a good story and not because they're trying to prove something to you and I think yeah again like what what, I think what you're describing too is that like yeah young adult writers can oftentimes be more focused on the story so like they're storytellers like they are so you, you, you do still have to have an acumen of writing in order to do it but like yeah, I, I think that I I always have cared more about stories and characters than I have about the writing, and so it is more fun to read something where those things hold up versus, like, oh, these are all awful people, and I you need some choice really words to well describe said. them, but, like, like, this is boring. They're, they're
1: storytellers more <laughs> than, mm-hmm. like, trying to be, like, authors. Yeah, yeah. You know.
0: Um, it is nice to live or, in that world.
1: Yeah. And, and Jenny, don't feel bad. The only thing that I know that you're snobby about
0: is Mexican food. So I think that <laughs> Even that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, It's really only because I like one specific. There's like five foods that I want, and they're hard to get if you're not in Northern California. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay. Um, Well, with that, hopefully next week I'll be recommending my book. I will probably regardless. I already recommended it, but.
1: Yeah, maybe next week I'll have even more Rainbow Rowell books to
0: Mm -hmm. talk about. I'm I'm really excited to see how you react to the other one.
1: Well, I get to start reading them tomorrow, so Mm -hmm. um, I just have one book that I started last night that I also am reading, but Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I I kind of, sometimes, like, in the middle of the summer, sometimes I get, or the end of the summer, like, I get to this point where there's, like, really nothing on TV, and I finally Mm -hmm. remember, like, I made a goal of reading 50 books for the year, and I'm, like, (laughs) 30 books behind, so I have to, like, get on it, and, like, I still have a stack of books that, actually, most of them you gave to me from, like... Three years ago. Oh, I know. I, I have a bunch have of your to, like, books
0: too. <laughs> start reading. So it's fine. I don't need them back.
1: Yeah. Well, no, you gave them to me, but I. Oh, okay. I, they're like I have a bunch that I have to get. Like one year <laughs> for Christmas, you like gave me like an entire box of books, and it was like oh, yeah. really lovely, and I was so excited, yeah. and I think I've read like one of them.
0: So. Yeah. I know. Oh.
1: Yeah. We're all just this my be list is death like
0: ever expanding,
1: read. and like you know, you put stuff on the bottom, and then when you keep adding to the top, you never mm-hmm. get to the bottom. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm doing this wrong. I need to add to the bottom and read from the top. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, okay. So next time we'll be recording together, and we'll be Yay. like we said, we'll be doing Passion and Killed by Death. Mm-hmm. Um, so get ready for some Angel and Dare Kindertoad. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm excited actually, for that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So until then, um, I am Team Willow because she was MVP uh, yeah. for me on these episodes, but also Oz gets an honor. I was just gonna say
0: I'll them. be Team Oz. Yay. Um,
1: But just Willow, with like when she's like, my boyfriend's in the band. Yeah.
0: Oh, she's adorable.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. Okay. I will talk to you later.
0: All right. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder.
1: And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. you can email us at scoobies at once with with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at OMWC Podcast.
0: You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com. with commentary.com.